Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Rumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Hello, everyone. I am Chance the Intern. And I might add, I am also the most popular person on the show, as verified through listener research. <sighs> Welcome to our eighth year anniversary special. I've been asked by our executive producer, Lori, to host this thing because, well, because I'm very popular. More popular than the host, Spud Goodman, or co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Uh, It's all fake news. They will also be on this special, but I'll be your host. I should now introduce my super hot fiance, the show's designated laugher, and the love of my life, Dorothy. Do you want to do a laugh now or something? You know... To show the people how talented you are at this? Oh, of course, honey. Here you go. <laughs> how was that? It was awesome. No one can laugh on demand like you. Okay, now I'm supposed to introduce the regular host, at least for now, Spud Goodman. Huh. You can say something, but try to keep it brief as we have a lot of stuff to get to. Hey, bud, what's your problem? Uh, look, uh, you may have been asked to host this special to boost the ratings, but I hope you don't harbor any dreams of permanently ousting me from my position. Our listeners would revolt if that ever happened. I don't think so. Because <laughs> it's still called the Spud Goodman Show, all right? Yeah. I have done a buttload of these anniversary specials, so if hey, if you want to do the heavy lifting for me on this one, go ahead, man. Knock yourself out. I'm... You know, I'll have to handle the segments with cast regulars like Accordion Joe, our orchestra, and my Uncle Steve. Sorry, but they just don't like you. Uh, they think you're way too arrogant. Yes! Me? Arrogant? Yeah. That's, that's funny coming from you, Spud. Well? Anyway, right now, I am not at liberty to discuss my long-term career plans, but rest assured, if I wanted to compete for this job on a full-time basis, I'm pretty sure I'd have a good shot at getting it. The listener research doesn't lie. People, more important people than Accordion Joe or your Uncle Steve and that stupid dummy he carries around, well, like me way more than they do you. I am the people's choice. No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. Well, you certainly are the people's choice. Everyone uh, likes no you, way. Chance. Yeah, Thank that's you. true. I think even Accordion Joe and Spud's Uncle Steve deep down hold you in high esteem, but they can't share their true feelings around Spud as it would trigger him. Hey, being likable isn't the only factor in determining what makes a a great host. 
having an actual personality and not putting people to sleep is also a factor. Come on. And Chance, you're about as dynamic as a hunk of balsa wood. I, that's uh, frankly offensive. Spud, you really need to get your jealousy of me under control. Jealousy? It's not very hmm. becoming for an aging boomer to try and halt the career progress of an up-and-coming millennial. It diminishes you even more than what I thought possible. Pretty soon, if you don't watch it, you'll become so irrelevant that you won't even be able to host your own podcast. I've heard even some people's pets have their own podcast these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not worried about, you know, going up against uh, some cocker spaniel or Siamese cat, you know. I have a long career history of interviewing some of the most important people in show business, okay? Uh, I doubt if you or any pet uh, could match my skill level. Uh, hello? A am I going to be introduced here? I mean, come on. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot. Thank you. Now I'm supposed to bring on the show's temporary co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Okay. Now you can say something, but like I told Spud, don't babble on us. We have a bunch of stuff to get to on this eighth year anniversary special. I'm supposed to introduce the first segment of guests that have been on the show over the last eight years. Yeah, yeah, I know. I interviewed them. Uh, yeah, and also it's temporary permanent co-host. And I want you to know, I've been an integral part of this for six out of the eight years of the radio shows been on the air. I, I may not have been on your cable TV show in the past, but, uh, you know, a strong case can be made that without me as a strong counterbalance as co-host to your often unhinged rantings on this show, Spud, mostly radical socialist propaganda to your oh, fellow Democrats you, you in the listening audience, yeah. you would be off the air. I think you would be very surprised to know that a significant portion of our audience tune in to hear what I have to say. <laughs> oh, you can laugh if you want, Mrs. Jarvis, but I'm the only true voice of liberty and freedom. And also, I'm the lone supporter for the greatest president of all time, Donald Trump, on this show. These guys, they make millions of dollars. They're smart as hell. I, I do my part to help make America great again each time I put on my headphones and I sit down before a microphone and I feel like I'm being... Hey, uh, hey uh, Mr. Uh, host of this uh, special, why don't oh, you do your freaking job and silence this right-wing wacko? I mean, wacko. do you think people w would rather listen to him or some famous celebrity? Uh, yeah, okay. Gerald, please shut up. Shut up. Here's the first segment featuring Louis Anderson, Ethan Hawke, and Carrot Top. Louis Anderson. Uh, well, let me ask you, what's, what's your take, this is something totally unrelated, but on this cryptocurrency deal, it's like all the smart guys are into this, but to me it seems kind of like fake money. Would you be fine with like a movie studio or TV network saying they were going to pay you, you know, the talent in Bitcoin or Dogecoin or whatever the hell it's called? I, I don't think I would. When the guy told me, he says, do you hear a Doja coin? I go, Soldier Boy? Yeah. Oh, Doja <laughs> coin. I go, oh, I go, no, but, you know, I have friends who are in it, but I feel like you do. I go, virtual? Well, I'm doing a virtual special, but I know that's going to work. But I, how am I going to get a hold of this virtual money? Am I holding it right now? Uh, yeah. I don't know where it is. I guess you lock it into a thing or... You have a code or some kind of thing. I'll tell you, um, if people said that we were going to have one place that we could order things from in the world and get it in the same day a lot of times, we probably wouldn't have believed that. I think the world 
is moving. I think some of those things are good. Here's my thing. I go by Warren Buffett. I always bought too late and I sold too early. So I think if you keep that in mind in any kind of stock you're doing, you'll be in good shape. And, uh, you know, I think uh, my mom and dad, you know, my dad would have been very... What does it cost out? That sounds like a racket to me, Louie. I'm not getting involved in any of that. And my mom would go, I'll try one. Give me a Dogecoin. I think your dad was wise, because if you can't put it into a slot machine, it's not real to me. But anyway. Uh, what? Well, I, I heard some people at my church talking about this something coin. Uh, they were considering tithing with it. Uh, it, it, it is It is some kind of money, right? Uh, hey, Louie, just a sec. I thought I asked you not to interrupt me with Louie. But... Yes, it's it's virtual money. Uh, like I said to him, though, I think it's a scam. But can I get back to him now, please? No, absolutely. I, I really I didn't want to interrupt your interview, but but I, but but you did. Well, yeah, I, I just wanted to clarify what this coin money actually is. It sounds really out there to me. Well, someone like you who still has an AOL email account should be totally stunned by this, okay? Ethan Hawk. So, uh, but you recorded a very effective and entertaining public service ad telling people in theaters to keep their damn phones turned off. And so I was wondering if you could maybe do a sequel for the sake of those of us at home watching TV, you know, and movies, and maybe tell our family and friends that phones are not okay either. You know, you know what I'm talking about. It's a buzzkill when somebody's phone goes off and you're watching something that's good. Uh, gee, this is such a drag. You know, it happens to me all the time because I got to... A 16-year-old and a 20-year-old, right? Yeah. And whenever we watch a movie together, the whole, even at, you know, at home, the experience is a nightmare because everybody's phone is going, and then they open it, and you want, you can't help but stop watching the movie and wonder what they're reading. Not like they're ever, not like they ever get a text that's life-changing, but for some reason you can't help but wonder, who's texting them? Yeah, and then, and have you ever noticed that they're they're watching freaking YouTube clips while you're watching them a great movie? That that's really got on my nerves with kids. Yeah. Well, and that's the truth is that's actually something real that our attention spans are being decimated. You know, it's it's like we're having a collective ADD problem, and we all suffer from it. You know, I can be critical of my children, but the truth is they can just stand me up in front of the mirror, and I, I have the same problem. You know, with it gets so confusing when you're doing work and when you're not doing work because, you know, we all have work right in our pocket all the time. Right. I'm kind of jealous of, I remember my dad, when he got home from work, work was over. You know? uh, when he wasn't at work, he, he couldn't do work. Right. But now with the emails and everything, we're all kind of half at home and half working all the time. It's a, obviously, it has amazing benefits, you know, but we're wrangling with the downsides of it. Yeah, I know. I'm still struggling with it. Carrot Top. Super. Yeah. Well, you know, on the show, we're talking about how big a, a buzzkill it is to be called Sir, you know, when you get a little older. Uh, oh, yeah. We're talking like for women, not not young enough to, to be your college-age <laughs> daughter, but more like in, you know, after their first marriage in the early 30s. Have you ever been called Sir? Has that ever happened to you? It's, it's oh, no, it just, happened, it just happened just leaving the hotel. Yeah. Really? Yes, Mr. Mr. Tom, Mr. Thompson, Sir. Yes, yes, it's horrible. <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Always. All right, all but, right. Well, well, what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? That's, that's, I'm dealing with that issue right now. Well, let me let me hit you with this one. Well, at least they don't call me ma'am. I mean, that could be worse. 
That could be worse. I, I'm not. Yeah, I haven't experienced that one yet. Well, hey, you were in. This is a Spud Goodman show. That should be fun. I think I'll try that. We are back. I thought some of your interviews with the guests were not that bad, Spud. I mean, it would have been nice if you would have been able to make a connection with them so it wouldn't be just another celebrity interview that people have heard a million times. Uh, I will say that most of my guests, you know, later say that coming on our show is a hell of a lot different than any other shows that, you know, they have to go on to plug stuff. Uh, I, I don't know for sure if different is a compliment, but, you know, no way are we just like all the other celebrity interview shows. That is a very low blow. Truth isn't truth. I'm just expressing my professional opinion. Your work as a host is often quite lacking. Maybe it has to do with people just not liking you. You seem to get along with animals much better than humans. Well, Spud has always had a connection with animals. They just bond immediately, it seems, from my observation. Now, wives, that is a different story. Uh, You know, I don't have that many ex-wives. Aunt Dorothy, you're making me out to be like another Nicolas Cage or something. I'm beginning to see why your wife left you. Uh, ex- excuse me. Am I going to be included in this anniversary special? I- I'm just sitting here waiting to be called on, and I have so much to offer. My recollections about the past few years doing this show, you know, it's an anniversary show, and it's not a forum for you two alpha males to go at each other. So... Listen, a story that I remember so well, and I believe it was in my third year as co-host. Well, no, you know, it might have been the fourth year. Now, you know what? Now that I think about it, it may have been my second year. Look, who who, who, who freaking cares what year? This is a Spud Goodman anniversary show, not the Gerald Holcomb anniversary show, okay? Uh, Just sit tight, and maybe later someone will call on you, you know, to jump in and make a very brief observation, like really brief. Okay, I was told by our executive producer that I would be prominently featured on this, and I intend to be so. Keep that in mind as we move through the show. What are you people? On dope? Yeah, maybe I'll call on you later. Thank you. We'll see how things going. Right now, we need to go to another segment featuring past interviews with celebrities. Maybe not the people I would want to interview, but I guess Spud made his own decisions. Coming up are his conversations with Chris Matthews, Dr. Ruth, and J.B. Smoove. You know, I might have selected some other guests, but these are fine. There's something that we're all aware of, and... I've never discussed it before publicly. How the heck did any of them ever agree to be interviewed by Spud Goodman? (laughs) By the grace of God, I guess. Yeah, I doubt God was involved in the booking process. Just run the damn interviews, please. Right. Here they are. Chris Matthews. But you know, we got to clean up our act. Right. Well, you know, I've heard you distill the essence of Donald Trump's appeal to so many millions of citizens. It's as simple as this. Uh, he dislikes the same people that uh, they dislike. And nothing really matters that much, you know, else. In that's breaking why down. they forgive his grossness. Yeah, that's right. that's uh-huh. why they forgive his multiple marriages, his gross speech, his grossness, the fact he never pays his bills. They forgive everything about this man who's embarrassing to us because he hates like they do. Yeah, yeah. Well, did, did you... And he hates the same people, by the way. And he, uh, you know, uh, he hates the media. And I, I guess he's got a case in the sense that a lot of reporters are liberals. Right. And a lot of reporters can't stand him. 
I agree. He's got that figured out. But, you know, they, they don't like him for good reason. And they're liberal for their own reasons. And they should keep, you got to, to me, there's a huge difference between the front page of a newspaper and the editorial page. Keep your opinions to the ed page and the op-ed page. Right. And, uh, but I think, you know, it got to the point where there's, you know, there's, as Pat Monahan, the great senator from New York, said, you're entitled to your own opinions, but not to your own facts. And Trump makes up facts. You know? Yes, he, wasn't he does. in Hawaii digging up information and interesting information, interesting stuff, as he put it, about Obama being from Kenya. He wasn't. That's a lie. Right. So how do you cover a lie? Uh, how do you report it? You, you know, you can't say lie every time. So it does affect your uh, attitude towards the guy if he's lying all the time and making up stuff like uh, Arizona has to have another re-election or another recount. He's just making it up. I, I, I totally understand that. To me, he's done really little for his base other than serve up mean rhetoric. They seem to love meanness or what they, you know, and they perceive softness or restraint. It, it repels them like kryptonite. But uh, let me just ask you this last You're question. You're right. And by the way, I say this to people. you got to be so careful about what you say these days, but of course, but... You know, life is compromise. You compromise with your spouse. You compromise. If everybody does compromise, I mean, what other way is there to live? I mean, you compromise with your kids. Dr. Ruth Westheimer. Um, well, speaking of myths also, we, we were discussing uh, on the show tonight uh, Bigfoot. And on a related note, I wanted to ask you about that old big feet, uh, you know, big penis thing. Is there scientific proof of this? Because I wear like a size 6. Absolutely and- not. It's not all oh, good. Thank not. you. Thank you. But, but you know, in the play about me uh, yeah, becoming right. Dr. Ruth, right. that Deborah Jo Rapp started right. in the Berkshires and then in, in near Broadway, off Broadway. So what is true is that I want a, a man who is worried about the size. Because the size has nothing to do with the sexual satisfaction of the woman. I want him to stand in front of a mirror bring himself to a good erection and admire that erection. He will never worry about the size again. And we have to bury all of those stupid myths about the size of the hands and the size of the feet. Not so. Well, I'm writing this okay, down. I'm yeah. as fast as I can. I'm writing this down. So you know, because I <laughs> see women look. You know, when I go out to bars, they look down at my feet and they kind of like run away. So I mean, I'm not micro mini, but it just is that. Thank you so much for that. Nonsense. Thank you. Nonsense. And people should enjoy each other. They should have a good relationship. And with a good relationship and with an interesting life comes very, very good um, sexual encounters. All right. Super. <laughs> J.B. Smoove. Heck yeah. Um, okay. Well, hey, yeah. J- J.B., I got to ask you this. <laughs> have you ever found that sash on your robe that was missing? You know, when you were on last time, you said you were wearing a robe that you lost a sash and was hanging open, which might be causing, you know, could have caused some uncomfortable moments. Oh, man, I would love some spares, man. But you know what? That was, let me tell, tell you how I, you know what? When when I'm taking on a character sometimes, I'm going to tell you what I do sometimes. Sometimes I like to create these this these things, these things that if you're watching closely, you notice about a character, you know what I mean? So when, when I when I got the role of Leon on Kirby Enthusiasm and they gave me a robe, I told them, I said, look, I don't want the, I don't want a belt, you know, a, a slash, a, a slash, because it just, it just felt like the character would like to have it open once in a while. He would like to put his hand up there on his 
to hold it together once in a while just to make the character interesting. You know, I, I, I found it to be funny that he didn't have one. But if you have some extra ones, I do. You know, uh, that match, you know, I think my I think my role may be Terry Cloth. You know, if, he, if it's Terry Cloth, if you have one of that matches, man, by, uh, by all means, please. I would love to have it, man. I would love to have it. I don't know about Terry Cloth. I think I got a velour one. A velour might, well, might work, but all right, well, hey. And now we're going to play some music, I think. Let me see what band it is. Uh, look, I picked out the music for this special, and, and I tried to go uh, the B-side route, you know, uh, maybe go with something that, that's never aired or, or a, a local sleeper band that, you know, we've not included in prior anniversary specials. So the first one is from a band we shot for our, our old syndicated cable TV show back in, I think it was 97, Fountains of Wayne, mm. uh, the late, great Adam Schlesinger. Uh, and his band partner Chris Collingwood uh, performed Survival Car. It, it never aired, you know, due to video problems back then. Uh, but, you know, with updated technical advances, our guys were able to recover it, and here it is. It's, I, actually, it's available on our show's YouTube channel. Uh, roll the song Survival Car by Fountains of Wayne. Don't you want to ride in Okay, let me look at the schedule and see what's next. Or maybe I should just follow my instincts as to what would work best as so far I have this host thing down. But that is what you would expect from the most popular person on this oh thing. Oh boy. This is such an easy gig. 
It smells really good. Oh, sweetie, you are doing such a great job as host of this. I am so impressed. I knew you had immense talent, (laughs) truly, Spud. He has such talent, and stepping into your shoes and handling everything flawlessly, Okay, let's it's not, unbelievable. Let's not lay it on too thick. Jeez. Well, thank you, Dorothy, but really, it's not that tough of a job. A trained monkey could do it. Oh, really? I've said this before, and now that I've taken it on, I can confirm it. Yeah, a monkey could actually be overqualified. I gotta admit the truth. It turned me on. Uh, Chance, as I sit here being ignored, I will voice my opinion on this. I do not believe an actual monkey could host this program. Not not for 60 minutes anyway. No, no way. I guess your Uncle Steve is on the line waiting to speak with you. I was told he doesn't want to talk to me, so you want Trevor to put him through? Well, why don't you contact our next intern, you know, your potential replacement at the zoo... Uh, then uh, I'm sure there are many available monkeys ready to, to help out here. Uh, but regarding the call, yeah, yeah, he's my uncle. I, you know, I, I, I've been freezing him out for months on this show. He's, he's been with me since the beginning, uh, way back in the cable TV days. And this is the freaking anniversary special. And he's been on all of them. So you add it all up and absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if he starts having that little dummy he carries around with him start speaking, then I think we should cut them both off. The dummy swears way too much, and your uncle is, well, he's not exactly a dynamic figure on the radio, Spud. Uh, my wife feels he could put a houseplant to sleep. Come on, y'all. You mean he has uh, a lot in common with Chance is what you're trying to say. I, well, yeah, I hear yeah. you. Well, you know, he's, he's not in the entertainment industry, uh, like you, Gerald. <laughs> I know being such a multi-talented star, you know, you might have difficulty appreciating a civilian who has, you know, let's say an alternative lifestyle. Uh, I don't know exactly what uh, label my Uncle Steve would have, but some people find him interesting. And and you ask yourself, why? Do do you think he's the only guy carrying around a comfort dummy with him? Hardly. That would explain it. You know, there are a lot of scenes out there that you're not exactly aware of, which, you know, well, is, is probably just as well. So j- just put him through. Uh, Uncle Steve, are you there? Yes. Jerry and I wanted to call in to be on your eighth year anniversary special because we are always on the anniversary special. I know. I, 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 I know. I, I know you're counting on us to bring some excitement to these. What? Uh, uh, Jerry wants to say something. Now, uh, Jerry, no profanity. Do you understand? He's nodding, so it should be fine. Uh, go ahead, Jerry. So, I knew you needed us for this special. I had more important things to do, but hey, you're family, right? What I wanted to know is, who was that little punk hosting this thing? He sounds like such a cocky b- What's his trip? Uh, that, you can't say... <laughs> uh, you can't Jerry, say... You, you cannot say that P-word. Yeah. How, how many times have I and Spud told you about those FCC guys? Do you want Spud to get fined and lose his job? Thank you, Uncle uh, Steve. Well, how come Joe Rogan can say the F word all the time on his show? I know he's a big star and Spud is a nobody, but still, uh, those FCC guys need to be more consistent. Uh, let me tell you, Joe Rogan hosts a podcast, not a radio show. There are no rules for podcasts. You can say whatever you want. It's just a different world, okay? Uh, Jerry seems perplexed with that information. 
he doesn't understand why he has to watch his mouth on your show. And if he goes on Joe Rogan's show, he can say every cuss word out there, and there are a lot of them. Uh, yeah, I'm aware of that. But again, Joe Rogan hosts a podcast, and just forget it. I mean, you guys got on the air. It's all good. Thanks for calling in, man. You're going to hang up on us now? We just got on. No, Jerry, that is not the right way to respond to us being disrespected. No, no, you need to bite your tongue and be the better person here. What? Yeah, yeah, okay, you can send Joe Rogan an email and ask to go on his show. Yeah, that'd be cool. You email Joe, all right? But we do have to go. Thanks a lot for calling in, though. What did I tell you? A total waste of time. Yeah, he has a point, Spud. That was not a productive use of airtime for this special. Oh, yeah. wait, wait. I enjoyed what Steve and his little buddy had to say. Really? Different strokes, you know. I know you have fond feelings for Spud's uncle, Dorothy, but I sure hope you're not going to invite him and the dummy Jerry to our wedding. My mom wouldn't deal with them well. Heads are spinning! Um, we can talk about that at another time, honey. Right. Okay. It's time for some more music, I guess. Spud, who's this band you picked? Yeah, you know, this song is by a one-woman band, uh, Zelda Starfire. And boy, does she work hard with her voice and all her limbs at the same time. There's a lot going on when she performs solo. So This tune is called Never Drinkin' Again. Uh, and it was recorded live on the show in September, it was September 14th, 2017. Roll it. How the hell did I get here? whiskey that's guilt in my head. anywhere and neither should you the spot goodman radio show returns in just a moment 
We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Avast there. There be plundering pirates lurking in every cove, waiting to board. Keep your ruddy hands inboard. That be the best way to repel boarders. Ye come seeking adventure and salty old pirates, eh? Sure you've come to the proper place. This is Bing Crosby. And Bob Hope, and we're... Calling All Hearts. Dead men tell no tales. This station, in cooperation with your Heart Association, presents a salute to the 1961 Heart Fund with Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. Calling All Hearts. Congratulations on your decision to learn how to type. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're young or old. You can learn. And if you approach typing in the right way, if you include neatness and accuracy in your objectives, you're going to get a great deal of satisfaction from your typewriter for the rest of your life. You're going to get a great deal of satisfaction. You're going to get a great deal of satisfaction. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> you can learn. You can learn. You can learn. Donald, what's the idea of packing the big gun? Donald, Donald, what's the idea of packing the big gun? Donald. Donald. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> Donald. Listen, will you take my advice? Dead men. Tell no tales. The sound you just heard is called pink noise. This sound is not produced by mechanical means. Instead, it originates as a stream of electrons in a vacuum tube. Pink noise is composed of the sounds of the orchestral spectrum appearing entirely at random. What makes pink noise especially useful for test purposes is that it contains equal sound energy in each Donald. of its octaves and possesses the impulsive character of many musical sounds. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> this is a Spud Goodman Show. We sure got the surprise of our lives. We have to go to another batch of celebrity interviews. This one has Don Rickles, Sarah Silverman, and Doc Severinsen. Here they are. Don Rickles. I'd love to bring in uh, the topic of the chairman of the board, Frank Sinatra, if I may. How, sure. how big a set of testicles do you have as when he was in the audience at your show, uh, a show of yours in Miami Beach in the 50s, you yelled out to him, make yourself at home, Frank, hit someone. Now that is fearless comedy. You, I mean, my gosh. Yeah, well, I, I, I did that. But when I also, uh, a big thing that people used to talk about 
I was with this girl in my single days. I'm married 50 years, but way before my my marriage to a wonderful lady, I uh, I was with this uh, girl that was, uh, you know, uh, I hoped to score with. Yeah. In, in the Sands Hotel, and we were having dinner, and Frank was at another table, and uh, she said, "Do you know Frank Sinatra?" And of course, to get lucky, I said, "Of course I do," which I really did. And I said, "Just wait a minute." And I went over to Frank's table. I said, Frank, you got a minute? He said, sure. He called me Bullethead, by the way. He said, yeah, what is it, Bullethead? I said, listen, if you could come over to the table and say hello in front of this girl, it would mean the works for me. You know what I'm saying? He said, Don, it's done. I said, not right away. Wait a few minutes. And so I went back to my table and she took a drink and in four by Frank. And he said, hey, Don, how are you? I said, not now, Frank. Can't you see I'm eating? Dang, I, I, I'm expecting you got a little payoff later that night. I mean, oh. no, no, he laughed his ass off. All right, all right, all right. That's nobody, nobody ever did that to him, and the way I say it and do it, it's always funny. All right. Um, well, so, also, this is another question about your act. It's a quick question. Sarah Silverman. Well, you know, I know it's trite to begin at the beginning, but I have to ask you, your first time on stage. Um, you were, what, 17? How scared were you? I mean, I know you're this fearless person. Everybody thinks you're fearless, but were you totally freaked then, or were you calm as can be? Uh, I was nervous. I was excited. It was in Boston. I was at summer school. I was in high school uh, doing summer school at Boston University, and mm-hmm. uh, I did open mic at Stitches there. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure I was terrible, but I had a lot of um, friends there supporting me. <laughs> And uh, I don't know, I, I, listen, when you grow up uh, the only Jew in New Hampshire that's a, and also like a, a chronic bedwetter forced to go to sleepover camp every summer, it's really not that daunting to do some stupid stand-up a little, you know. Well, all right. Okay. Um, well, later. Is this the worst interview you've ever done or are we no. doing well? No, I'm loving this. I am loving this. All right. <laughs> Doc Severinsen. My last question, all right? Um, there are many times where you sat in as Johnny's announcer and sidekick, you know, when Ed was away and Tommy Newsom, a band member, would fill in for you. On this show, we, we were talking earlier about Wally Pipp of the Yankees sitting out a game and losing his job to Lou Gehrig. It's something I never forget in my career. Uh, on those occasions, did you ever have to look over your shoulder at Tommy and worry if he was doing too good a job? Because I know I would, but... No... <clears throat> I, I'll tell you one thing, I knew he was doing a good job, but because I was the one that that uh, kind of picked Tommy out. Um, I, I had to go away on a on a on a trip to to do some concerts, and I had to find a replacement. So when the producer says, "Well, who'd you have in mind?" I said, "Tommy, Tommy Newsom." Yeah. And he said, are you kidding? No way. And I said, well, if, 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 if uh, Tommy's not good enough, then I guess I'm not either. So, uh, and, and then saner heads prevailed. And uh, he was, Tommy was everything that I knew he was. I knew it, and I knew it for a long time. We, you know, our lives didn't start with the Tonight Show. It, it, that, that's when it began to get very, very interesting. But 
Um, uh, anyhow, I'm I'm glad I stuck to my guns and Heck and yeah. uh, I, I'm not taking any personal credit for it. I I just didn't see another way of handling it. Well. I didn't know the man, but he just seemed like a wonderful person. But, okay, I, I had to ask you that one. Uh, Spud. Yes? I like to think I, too, am a wonderful person. And I sure wish you would adopt Doc's perspective of not being threatened by co-workers who also have dreams of career advancement. I, I mean, I want to be... Uh, hey, hey, Doc, I, I need a moment here. I, I'll, I'll be right back. Well, first of all, you are no Tommy Newsom, okay? I may not have known Mr. Newsom personally, but I watched him fill in, you know, on Tonight Show for many years when Doc was on the couch with Johnny. You know, he was a team player. He did not appear to be like an overly ambitious shark that that would bite off the leg of someone to get his own toe in the door job-wise. You know, I always have to watch my back and look out for foul play with you. Uh, I know... I'm just a broken leg away from you being picked, you know, as an emergency fill-in host. Oh, Spot, I am no Tanya Harding. Uh, yes, I have career ambitions. What co-host doesn't? But I would never, never hurt you physically to advance my own career. Jeez, I'm just not that kind of person. Ah, uh, the jury is still out on that one, and, and I'm not going to take any chances. Just keep it down and let me say goodbye to Doc. This is the Spud Goodman Show. And many happy fish. Now I guess we have to let Spud speak with the show's orchestra, Accordion Joe, for a minute. I guess is that was the agreement in a mediation session with our management. Yeah. Spud, you want to put a jo- Accordion Joe through now? He's holding for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. You know, I told him he had like one minute, sixty seconds on this special. Uh, I just hope he doesn't start whining. You know, he, he could have got bumped, so I hope he's grateful. And we're running behind anyway. Joe, are you there? Uh, Joe, are, are you there? Well, hell yes, I'm here. Like always. I mean, come on, Spud. I mean, I've been waiting for like. Four and a half hours. My, my ears are getting numb. But this is like an hour show. When did you call in? At dawn or something? Anyway, you have like a couple seconds here to uh, to do something. Do you have anything that might be interesting? Because we're running late. Well, now I have to be interesting? Uh, yeah. Like that young whippersnapper hosting this special? Well, hell, he is not that interesting. Well, I kind of agree well, with that. Anyway, I I just like to mention that Hey, I got a gig coming up. It's my first live performance before people. Okay, all right. Well, someone other than my neighbor kids. Well, you know, it's not like those darn millennials who seem to hate accordion music. I mean, they really seem to enjoy me playing. Okay, I mean, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're twins, okay? And they're around four or five. And, you know, I sure hope the crowd at the Elks Club here in Spokane that I'm playing at will be that interested in what I do. I mean, they love me. Okay, they love okay, me, okay, okay. So, so can I give a date and the address on the air and, and, and maybe also my phone number if people would like to hire me for a party or bar mitzvah? 
<laughs> look, look, I, I, it's very nice that you're, the, the pandemic thing is kind of under control a bit and you can yeah, play live. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, know it's been a while. Pandemic, but it's, I want to yes. do something special. No, I understand this. I, I know it's a big deal for you to get out and play live, but we, you, you can't use this appearance as a Craigslist ad for your personal services. If you want to, you know, like play something like the accordion for like 10 seconds, because that's all we got left, because uh, I'm going to have to dump the call. Are yeah, you kidding yeah, me? That's, yeah, that's I mean, not enough. Well, okay. He was right. I don't know of any of my friends who like accordion music. It blows. Oh, wait. It's not that bad. It kind of grows on you. Maybe you should broaden your horizons musically, sweetie. I hear you, Dorothy. Maybe if it was someone other than Accordion Joe playing one, I could handle it. He's been very mean to me over the years. Well, he, he thinks you're a snotty-nosed brat who, you know, is trying to drain my aunt uh, of all she's worth, you know, with his getting married crap. That's ridiculous. Oh, I think you're projecting your own feelings of abandonment, Spud. Yeah. I will still be your aunt after our marriage i just won't be taking your calls at all hours of the day and probably won't be available to clean out the litter box of your cats every sunday like i've done over the last few years right i will be focusing on the needs of my husband chance Mm -hmm. and you spud will just have to step up and do it yourself uh really i i I mean, come on. I was just kind of hoping that you could still help out with at least that. I mean, it's not that... What's that, how long does it take you? I mean, okay. Okay, I understand you're going to be busy with stuff. How about every other Sunday? I, can, I don't can think probably, it's going to happen. I mean, it can... The litter box can last two weeks without getting cleaned. I'm sure it'll be fine. No. You should begin now to take care of this so it's not a shock after our wedding. For the cat's sake. Yeah. We'll talk about it later, okay? Let's, let's just put it on hold. Fine. Well, we need to do another batch of celebrity interviews. This one features Ralph Nader, Kevin Nealon, and Pat Boone. Ralph Nader. Yes, bud. Um, well, I, last quick question, like for 10 seconds, I got to hit you up with this. A lot of people think Ralph Nader is a workaholic, totally focused on making the country a better place. Do you have any hobbies or interests? Do you have at least Netflix or Hulu? Well, I'm not on the internet because I want to get some work done. Uh, okay. uh, I still right. use an Underwood typewriter. Wow. And I use 19, 1980 technology. I like two-way telephone calls, person-to-person, rather than email or text message. You know, now the biggest obstacle to, to democracy may surprise you. You can't get through to your government. You can't get through to local, state, national officials and agencies. You can't get through to your members of Congress or their staff. And that didn't happen before the Internet. Right. So we're overloaded. We got all kinds of email coming in, text messages and voicemails. It's terrible. It's a terrible problem uh, that has to be addressed. All right. All right. Well, hey, I'm- Kevin Nealon. But when I came on Saturday Night Live, everybody was kind of uh, pretty responsible. You know, a few people had families. Um, Phil Hartman was married. Mm-hmm. Um, Dennis Miller, I think, uh, was about to get married. And um, nobody was like a drug user. Um, and nobody had, like, you know, big alcohol problems. Huh. All right. Um, yeah, right? Right? But, you know, when Chris Farley came on, he was kind of talking. You know, he was starting to head that direction. And uh, and he, he loved Jim, um, 
John Belushi so much. He just wanted to emulate him, which mm-hmm. he pretty much did right to the year he died, you know. And uh, I told him once, I said, you know, you know, you don't have to be doing a lot of drugs and, and right. getting wasted you know, like John Belushi. He goes, yeah, but he, he did a lot of drugs. He was funny. I said, yeah, but you could probably be a lot funnier if you weren't doing drugs, you know. You think clearer. Really? <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, that's a really tragic story, actually. A very tragic. Yeah, he was he was a real good talent and a nice guy. Yes. Uh, just kind of things got away from him, you know. Pat Boone. Say your prayers, little one. Don't forget my son to include everyone. I tuck you in warm within, keep you free from sin till the Sandman he comes. Would it be a stretch to say your Christian evangelical fans were a bit confused and a little torqued off when it came out? Oh, they were more than confused. I was kicked off Christian TV instantly. Dang. I had a regular weekly show going called Gospel America, and it was just one of the things I was doing because I was still, you know, doing my own pop things and uh, a variety of other activities, but I was on Christian TV regularly, but... When I went on Dick Clark's American Bandstand show, not a bandstand, but the American Music Awards, to present the Hard Rock Heavy Metal Award with Alice Cooper, and I was, we were supposed to swap images. Uh, that was Dick Clark's idea. Cooper was to come out in a V-neck sweater and white buck shoes, carrying a glass of milk, and I was going to come out in the heavy leather outfit with tattoos and and choker and boots and shades, you know, just really looking like a heavy metal apparition. And at the last minute, Cooper backed out. He didn't feel comfortable doing it, wearing white buck shoes. So I did did everything that Dick Clark wanted me to do, and I took a little extra delight in shocking the king of shock rock, Alice Cooper. And it it, it just set the record world on fire. I went halfway up the Billboard chart the first week. But I did get kicked off Christian TV because folks thought I had gone over to the dark side. The dark side, huh? This is the Spud Goodman Radio Show. I guess we have enough time to play one more song from bands that have played live in our show. Who is it this time, Spud? Well, this last song is by Evan Dando uh, from the Lemonheads. Uh, we recorded this back in 97 for... <laughs> Our old cable TV show on location at a, at a bar in Seattle. I'm trying to remember which one it was. Anyway, I, you know, he was on a solo tour, and we did it before sound check. Uh, I don't think we've played this on our radio show before, but if so, I, I don't really care because I like the tune. Here is Evan Dando with uh, The Outdoor Type. Hit it. Always had a roof above me, I always paid the rent And I never set foot inside a tent I couldn't build a fire to save my life I lied about being the outdoor type I never slept out underneath the stars The closest that I came to that was one time my car 
Broke down for an hour in the suburbs at night I lied about being the outdoor type Too scared to let you know You knew what you were looking for I lied until I fit the bill God bless the great indoors I lied about being the outdoor type I never owned a sleeping bag Let alone a mountain bike I can't go away with you on a rock climbing weekend What if something's on TV and it's never shown again It's just as well I'm not invited I'm afraid of heights I lied about being the outdoor type I never learned to swim, I can't grow a beard or even fight I lied about being the outdoor type. This is a Human Show. Air defense, go ahead. Aircraft flash. One multi, multi, multi motor. High overhead, southwest. No delay, no motor. Alpha, Foxtrot, zero, 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 red. Check. Thank you. To the members of the Ground Observer Corps, the men and women who keep their constant vigil on the sky, listening, watching, ready at a moment's notice to warn of approaching danger to the security of our nation, to these guardians of democracy, this program is dedicated. The Western Air Defense Force, in cooperation with the station to which you are listening, presents Look to the Skies, a tribute to the men and women who voluntarily man the aircraft observation post so vital in our national defense chain. Today we salute the Ground Observer Corps with music by the Airmen of Note, the official United States Air Force Dance Orchestra, Warrant Officer Fred Kepner Leader, and featuring vocalist Sergeant Bruce Snyder. Now the Airmen of Note open the musical portion of our show... This is Groucho Marx, and right now I'm not going to attempt any jokes, because what I have to talk about isn't very funny. Every hour of every day and night, these people, some of them perhaps your own neighbors, are standing guard over the rest of us. This program, a tribute to the Ground Observer Corps, featured the United States Air Force Dance Orchestra with vocalist Sergeant Bruce Snyder under the leadership of Warrant Officer Fred Kepner. I guess we are about done with this anniversary special. 
I've heard a few of those from the past years and for sure think this one is a heck of a lot better than those. I think the key for success is less spud for one thing. What the hell, yo? Uh, hey kid, uh, this is a one-off. Uh, it'll never happen again, so don't get too cocky. And for the time being, you know, you're still just an intern on this show, so know your role. An intern who is the most popular person on this program. What does that say about you, Spud? Honey, well, maybe you should just leave uh, Spud alone and wrap up this special. We're going to talk later. Uh, and and I'll say again, you did a fantastic job as host, and I'm sure your popular popularity will just grow exponentially. That means get bigger, right? Yes. Uh, you know, I think we could have improved this just a bit more if I had been given the opportunity to express myself and showcase my talents more. But yeah, right. y- really, you didn't do too bad of a job, Chance. Uh, yeah, I mean, for an intern. An intern who completely overshadows you and makes you basically irrelevant. Well, I don't I know I guess I that. did prove your point over the years, Spud. You really don't need a co-host. Duh. I just carried a show all by myself. That's so hot. Uh, yeah, with me doing all the interviews, and you know, all you had to do was a little patter between the segments. Big deal. But he handled that patter so darn well. Babe, you are talented in so many ways. Oh, thank you, Dorothy. I am pretty good at whatever I try. Maybe next I should run for office or invent something. You could achieve anything you set your mind to, honey. I just threw up in my mouth for the third frickin' time during this special. Listening to that little punk, and Dorothy, uh, I just don't see how you can handle it. I I do not understand. Let's just end this thing so I can use some mouthwash. All right, then, everybody. I am Gerald Holcomb, and I hope everybody... Hey, you you don't get to sign off. Uh, that's the role of the host. I oh. mean, the real host. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be. And I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Are you done? Okay, then. Yeah. I am Chance the Intern and can be found at Chance the Intern on all social media platforms. Thanks for listening. Later. Great sign-off, sweetie. It wasn't that impressive. Well, can I finish my sign-off? No. Because I didn't even uh, get that as a no. The Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Producer, David Brenneman. Engineered by Trevor Jastad. Recorded at the facilities of NWCZ Radio and produced at Rosedale Audio Productions. Associate producer, TJ Pite. Video director, Wyatt Young. Production assistants, Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent, Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2021, Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking.